0: The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Just waiting for Kev. Waiting for Kev. Waiting for Kev. Waiting for Kev. Oh! Look who's here! It's Kev! Well, you could have tidied up. (laughs) I thought I'd leave it in the state you left it last
1: time, about three months oh, ago. Oh, we have got to do this bloody podcast again now. <laughs> <sighs> Sat in the car, listening to my records, yeah. lovely, and now I've got to do this. Thing. You've got a
0: record player in the car. <laughs> that doesn't come standard with my gear. How does the needle stay on the vinyl? That must be a bit jumpy. Bum, 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 I am only joking, of course. Kevin's back in town, look. Oh, it's so nice to have you back. Yes, it is nice to be here. One of the dangers, though, of Kev being here is it usually usually is just before another lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happened last time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he'll be here a couple of weeks, then Boris is going to shut us all down again.
1: The Fuji Cast,
0: or he'll do something about the the Premier League teams. Although he's done it now, hasn't he? He's
1: done it. That's all over.
0: That's all done. The yeah. done, done, flash in the pan. Done and dusted last week. Well, welcome back to. Uh, to Kev, to the uh, Fujikar studio. It's lovely to have you here, Kev. It's but, but it very is a bit nice s- to be back. It's bit strange not doing it on a Friday or Thursday afternoon with a couple of beers in hand. I
1: know, that's the only downside. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, ah, uh, maybe even non-alcoholic beer we could do. I suppose so. I don't keep any of that sort of stuff here. Yeah, that's a bit early for I've that got either. some cleaning fluid. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Just give me a straw.
0: <laughs> right, you and your questions from our electronic mailbag, and of course, also uh, through the Fujicast private Facebook group, which Kev's still going to be in charge of. He's got his laptop one side. Open up your laptop. Um, <laughs> Cue, <laughs> hint. And I've got my desktop. Um, uh, that you're welcome to become a part of uh, the Facebook group or you can send your mails through still of course to click at fujicast.co.uk if you're not a Fujifilm shooter as we say every single week do not worry you'll get over it soon and it's a big community and whatever flavour you shoot you're very very welcome thank you to those of our friends who support us Every single week on Patreon. Do we have any bump to the fronts today, or did we do that? Did we do that last week? I think we did that last week, didn't we? I think we did,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, I in Patreon mentions. We might have a bump to the front. I'll have a look. But Patreon mentions, another week, maybe. Another week. Another week. Another week for that. Kev's book of the week. One of them, actually, is shiny, shiny new.
1: Yes, but the one we're going to talk about this week oh, is right. <laughs> is uh, has been sent in by Chris Sullivan, who oh. is a, a listener of the show. Uh, the year we stood still, uh, the year the world stood still. Have a guess what it's about? COVID. Yeah, it's very nice actually, right. but we'll talk about that later.
0: Um, appropriately, today's micro guest is Dan Milner. I say micro because um, it's more a, a series of thoughts about self-publishing to. Uh, to match with chris o'sullivan's appearance within the book review with kev so we thought we'd um well we thought the two would match blurb books ambassador who is called a creative evangelist in their organization here's a thing today to say about printing and social media i didn't do a, 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 a world keep still oh you're looking at
1: the holes in the desk <laughs> i'm sure there used to be something that i i was worried about hitting in those holes before. yeah it's
0: this it's the um this thing
1: uh, you've taken it out.
0: I, t- I took it out so you didn't have to keep bumping into it. <laughs> I took it out last week. I'm not sure it will go back in again. You don't have to cover the holes. It's not. It's a beautiful desk I have, and what I've done gradually over the last year is drill holes in it, <laughs> which which holds various things, clamps for cameras and stuff.
1: It'd be quite handy cable management, that. It
0: would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't ever let me anywhere near your kitchen, I'll drill a hole in the top or something. <laughs> Can oh! you fix a leaky tap? No, can't oh, do stuff like that. God. That's that's far too much of a pink job. <laughs> <laughs> I, my Sam could do it and your Gemma definitely could do it. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah.
1: So uh who's gonna start then? You or me? Um I'll go first. Go on then. Why not? Uh so as tradition now has it <laughs> tradition that is. Yeah. Uh, I will start with the latest Question on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite a long one. Uh, Daniel Parks. Hi Neil. Hi Kev. Apologies if you've already covered this topic. Uh, I'm considerably far behind on my FujiCasts. Uh, as a general rule of thumb, I am a black and white photographer. People now associate me with it. Ooh, get you. <laughs> Almost expect it. Mm. Get you. <laughs> get you. Yeah. And I've certainly reached a stage where I feel there is a consistency. Consistency. Yeah. Uh, to my black and white edits, and there is—I love your black and white work, Daniel. It's definitely my comfort zone. But we all know the famous saying involving comfort zones. Mm. What's the famous saying involving comfort zones? Um, I don't know. What
0: is the fa- famous? Mm. Don't, get Get out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah. Wasn't that a Sabrina song? Get out uh, of your comfort zone. N- no, that was... Uh, well, we, we clearly don't know. Billy Ocean, uh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Billy Ocean. <laughs> Get out
2: of your comfort zone.
1: <laughs> I'm I finding myself... I like his black and whites too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. love his black and whites. Yeah, and his seascapes. Amazing. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> I'm finding myself <laughs> drawn more and more to editing in colour. Maybe it's the turn of the weather. Yeah. When I do edit in colour, I'm too anxious to overcook the image. I'm conscious that you can affect things like skin tone, etc. For that very reason, reason, I tend to slide slightly... slightly bump up the vibrancy and clarity. But that's about it. Maybe a little exposure if the light was challenging at the time. The point is I don't want to over manipulate the image to a point where it looks cartoony and unnatural. However, dot 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 when I look at established wedding photographers who edit in colour, I can see a consistent, unique style and it's clear just how important that consistency is to their work. They obviously pride themselves on the fact that you can tell it's one of their photos in air quotes. I understand how to do this with black and white, but I wouldn't know where to start with colour. I imagine it has a lot to do with film simulations, presets, recipes. I don't really know the difference between a preset and a recipe and I always wonder how presets stand up against a variety of colours that you might encounter. What advice would you give someone who is about to embark on a journey to discover their style in colour editing? It would be nice to hear from other photographers as well, but I'm especially interested in both of your opinions given your experience in photography. Many thanks from a sunny Birmingham. I'd be Birmingham, Alabama, then, will it? That was. Uh, <laughs> Can't be uh, Birmingham uh, Midlands. Everything's legal in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. There we go. So, uh well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, colour. I, I, I don't like it to be too affected. I generally try to keep it as natural as I can. Um I don't really. So, I, I've experimented a bit, and I have particularly since actually leaving the the Canon sphere um, initially to go to the Fuji sphere. I, I played a lot more with um, some presets. One from, a, oh, who, who, um, oh, the American photographer, cracking photographer, just became uh, a, a Fuji Film ambassador over there. Yeah. Oh, I can't think of his name. <laughs> he has a great set of presets. Um, we'll link to him.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean as well.
0: Um, Reggie Ballesteros, that was it, Reggie Ballesteros. His stuff um, I, I like, and it worked really well. Particularly when I was shooting um, um, with the, I think the tail end of the X Pro Twos before the XT Threes, um, like his presets. But generally, no, I, I you know, I, I tried to steer clear of, of color pictures taking on weird, odd hues. I, I think that's the way. I'm, I'm probably far less. No, I know I'm far less contrasty when I work in color, to when I work in um, black and white. Mm. That that's for sure. But I like I like the colors to be deep. I do like deep colours.
1: Yeah, I think often it comes down to, uh, you know, what you're photographing. Um, and one, one, of the, one of the mistakes a lot of people take, uh, make is that, uh, you know, if they're going to be throwing presets or recipes or all that kind of – I'll answer the question about mm-hmm. the difference between recipes and presets in a second – is that they tend to tend to assume that, um, you know, it's a, it's a one-click thing and then yeah. everything is fixed. And that is true, should be true, for a good preset if the exposure is good. Yeah. Um, it, and the colors are right, and white balance is right, and everything. Well, that's your
0: yeah. problem because colors are never right. You're you're in a mix of sodium lighting, with, yeah. with fluorose, with natural light, particularly. In, I tell you what, if he's going into to weddings, I mean that that's your. I throw the recipe in recipe for disaster with all the all the different lighting conditions.
1: Yeah, color is much more tricky yeah. for sure. But, yeah, but you know, look at make sure that the exposure is corrected, and and certainly white balance first. Yeah um you know and your you what you also have in the mix is uh different people's skin tones um you know and you certainly at weddings you're going to have different people's skin tones in one picture so you know you are going to end up kind of looking at that and thinking i don't know one is right one is wrong um but also at the same time at the end of the day if it's you know 400 pictures that you're editing, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to edit all of those in perfect colour at a wedding yeah, um, yeah. it's just it's just too hard, you'll be there for months and months and months um, so, the, you know, the recipes presets, pretty much the same thing, I mean I, I tend to t- use the terminology recipes for in-camera um, settings so the JPEG settings that you set in the camera, uh, shadows highlights, um, you know, white balance shift, you know, grain, noise, all of that kind of stuff is, is what I, I refer to as recipes Presets are uh, something that you either build yourself in Lightroom or Capture One, or you know, uh, on One Raw, all of those things, um, or, or you purchase. And uh, yeah, they're ones that you you kind of uh, apply, and then you tweak to your to your content. But yeah, color color is harder. Simple as that. It is harder than black and white. And the reason why I think most people like more contrast in their black and whites is because black and white ultimately is the separation between light and shade. Mm. Um, and, you know, you have to be able to see that. You see a lot of very washed out, insipid black and white images. So I used to call them salad of grey. Yeah, salad of grey. <laughs> Sometimes it works in some in very rare circumstances. But generally, yeah, people people want to see a bit of contrast in those black and whites. Yeah. Um, Colour, more tricky for sure. Um, but just, you know, just kind of... Work with it. and if you can build your own look, going back to the point about you know other photographers having their own look and style, uh, they you know that that will probably be either a preset they've got or they've built their own um, style, and stick with it. That's the thing. Don't you know? Don't don't kind of have one wedding with different looks mm. and feels for the color stuff, especially. Yeah, uh, I, stick with one one look.
0: And I know photog- photographers like to have um, what well, this this look thing with color. And for some time, quite popular was the almost, well, crushed blacks, almost a little bit washed out mm. look. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've, I've been to friends' houses, and they've commented in the past, have a look at my photos. Something, something doesn't look quite right. And you looked at it, and th- I thought, wow, it's a cracking photo, Love, lovely compositions and stuff. And they say, yeah, but, yeah, but look at the colour. Mm. So bear in mind that, um, that your audience... Your clients uh, are unlikely to understand crushed blacks, washed out look, stuff that you do in Lightroom mm-hmm. to the same degree. And mm-hmm. that you know, colour is normal colours, normal colour. The way we see is the way we see. And so don't surprise them too much. Um, one from Michael Marin. Hello, Neil. Hello, Kev. Mondays aren't the same if I haven't listened to the podcast. Question. I find when I'm asked to take pictures at a family activity or watching a child doing something memorable... It's difficult to emotionally experience the event if I'm also trying to take the pictures. Do you have any thoughts about how to capture the moment while still being in the moment? Is this the kind of situ where P-Mode, or its Fujifilm equivalent, would be in order? From Mike, who's in Oakville, Ontario, in Canada. X100F enthusiast. Um, It's very difficult to do the two, isn't it? I, I think you do it really, really well. Your holiday pictures certainly show that.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, whenever you're – if I'm with my family, on at uh, uh, you know, on holiday or we've gone somewhere or, you know, whenever, uh, wherever we've gone, I don't I don't take the camera with a view to making art. No. I take the camera with a view to just making memories of the day. And so, you know, they really are just snapshots. But I does did, that.
0: Do you mean to say that you – or those lo- lovely shots you take, you don't really think
1: at all about –
0: Oh that's lovely that shadow just a, you don't uh, think it Yeah I do I, but I'm sure you do
1: I do yeah 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 no absolutely but I I you know I I'm kind of position myself accordingly you get on with it and then you you know you just you're there you're in the moment you're mm. part of it you know the stuff with the kids around the swimming pool and everything I'm there in my my trunks as well you know put the camera down jump in Um, you know, it's, yeah, you do need to be a little bit careful that you don't always, right, so so this is what I'll say about this. Think about what the purpose of these pictures are. So if the purpose of these pictures ultimately are to, uh, you know, be family memories, then it's important that, you know, you're, you look at the photo-taking element of it from that point of view. Mm. If you're thinking, oh, this is going to get me loads of likes on Instagram, then you will start stepping out of the moment. You'll start, um, you know, you'll start missing out on the stuff that's going on, thinking a little bit ahead. Now, there is a, there's a, you know, there's a crossover between those two things because some people will use their family, as I did, and, and you did to a certain extent, will use the family photos as a, as a marketing element. So, you know that there's an element of that, but ultimately, you know, if you're if we go to Barry Island tomorrow, unlikely that I'm ever going to be sticking those pictures on on internet or anything like that. So it will just be a case of family snapshots. And yes, of course, I want to make them nice. And if consequently, uh, you know, I, I get one that I've, I'm really proud of, then perhaps it would get get pushed forward. But it would, you know, you you definitely need to think about. Um, you know the family. The question I think you mentioned the question about not being in the pictures yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that's what mobile phones are for, isn't it? Yeah. You know that's what uh, that's what. Rose has got a mobile phone. Gemma's got a mobile phone. Um, I think it's a scrapbook of life, isn't it? Even if yeah. you, it
0: doesn't matter whether you're taking your X one hundred or you, or you're taking your your iPhone or smartphone, whatever flavour. Um, think of it as, um, think of these as as your scrapbook pictures, really. Um, yeah, uh, 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 that's what they are. I mean, we we uh, don't overthink it. Yeah, our, our um, yearly annuals that we we make, i say we loosely that Sam makes. Mm. Um, they the kids, well, we all get them out every so often. We get those books out and have a look through them. Most of those pictures are actually iPhone pictures. I don't know. You don't. Nothing doesn't all have to be. You know, super artistic does it
1: no, no absolutely not you know it does of course it depends a little bit on what your you know what your end goal is but yeah for the family stuff I'm, i mean i'm i'm working on the assumption that this is just family yeah you know standard kind of memories mm, just don't overthink it yeah uh p mode helps yeah absolutely i shoot a lot of the stuff in the ultimate p, p mode of course is on your, on your iphone p on your smartphone
0: isn't it <laughs> really that's yeah. all p yeah um Right. Um, oh, this very quickly before you read your question, uh, Zishan Khan sent in a mail. I am one hundred just on boxgate just to keep it ticking. I am one hundred percent with Kev on this nonsense. Boxes are meant to be recycled or thrown out immediately. In fact, if I'm buying in store, then I'll ask the salesperson to immediately dispose of the boxes. <laughs> I hate boxes. <laughs> i'm not
1: I'm, I'm giving up I'm giving <laughs> no it's up.
0: quite funny that it's still rolling i like yeah, it yeah yeah <laughs> but zishan you shouldn't do that somebody has lovingly put their heart and soul into creating that box it is a work of art
1: <laughs> right i've got a question from lev uh, hold on a
0: minute kev I've uh, got uh, a bo-
1: uh, there's a box I, when i was plugging my laptop in i spied another box under your table oh, there's another
0: one here look there's a second one <laughs> i reckon i could find look hold on you should take a picture of this, Kev.
1: <laughs> I am gonna I'll turn my phone off now.
0: There are three boxes. They're all from Fujifilm, they're all refurbs. That this one there's two XH1s there. Look, look at that. Oh, Waste of space. Kev, they're almost as tall as me. Look <laughs> 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 Oh my lord. Uh, I'm gonna pose. Posing now. I'll put those down there, there
1: we <laughs> you look like Uncle Albert
0: <laughs> do you want to take a box home with you no there's a free one here
1: no, unless it's got fish and chips in it <laughs> go on yours right so Lev Pertsov um, who is now now—he literally posted this three minutes ago so oh. he's hes uh, because of my my imbalance that I have to go to the bottom of the thread do you think Fuji will ever open up its X-mount lens protocol to allow third party manufacturers to make autofocus lenses for Fuji cameras Ooh. Well, they have done. Well, there's one, isn't there, already? Yeah, they have done. Um, which, which which is the one? Um, it's Viltrox. Ah,
0: yes, Viltrox.
1: Yeah, I think there's rumours of tamron and various other things like that going on um so yeah i think whether they've actually opened it up or whether they've just figured it out who knows but yes you can get autofocus um third-party lenses what one
0: have you got have you got the 85 mil or, the, or I, I, the first one that's come up on my screen I, that's
1: the one I, i've got yeah that's
0: nice look at that 1.4
1: 85 mil 85 1.4
0: 321 quid well
1: Ooh. That, that's the mark ii so yeah. um they in fairness they sent it to me but it was the original one um, which did have a problem I never had a problem with it but it did have a problem apparently the, one of the focus things fell off or yeah. something um but I thought it was a fantastic little lens. I haven't tried a Viltrox so I have no idea so I don't, I don't know of the quality of it or the or the
0: speed or or the lens itself. Uh,
1: the quality was great, very well made. Right. Um I didn't like the uh, well it's autofocus but I, I still didn't like the focus mechanism. The focus ring itself was very very soft, wasn't dampened very was much. It? Okay. Damped. Um but yeah, I mean uh, you know what the quality wasn't quite the same as You know sharpness of the Fujifilm lenses, but like a third of the price. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, here's one from Patreon, Steve McClanahan. McClanahan, yes, it is. Um, Hi guys, yada yada yada. As you get closer, knock on wood, he says in brackets, to photographing slash recording your first weddings in quite a while. Are you concerned at all that you might be a little out of practice? If not, what what have you been doing to prepare for your Respective big days. Well, we're not getting married, not the two of us. Oh, you don't mean that. <laughs> Thanks and love the show from Steve McClanahan, an empty Fuji box keeper. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like this one down here then, Steve. I'll send it to you. Um uh, uh, do, do you feel out of practice? Do you feel, do you feel like you're, you're going to be worrying a little bit when you, you first lift that no, eye piece to your eye?
1: I think I'll have the same worries as I always do, and that's whether I've got the right day, gone to the right house, <laughs> you know, got the right woman, um, <laughs> which once I, never, I did get complete. You never got that wrong, did you? I did a whole bridal prep for a bridesmaid once. You did not. Yeah. Have we talked about that? Yeah. I would have remembered that. <laughs> we did. God, we did. Kev. Um, well, they looked very similar. What did you say? As you backed out the door.
0: See you later, guys. Yeah,
1: see when you walk up the aisle. Oh, no, you won't see me. You'll see Charlotte. She's next door. What?
0: <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> when you turned up to the correct bride, <laughs> did she wonder
1: where you'd been? Uh, I didn't turn up to the bride. I didn't do bridal prep for in the end. Oh, you didn't do any? No. I didn't have time. It was like right. walking down the, the aisle thing. So what did you say? What was your excuse? Mm, I, don't, I can't remember how the conversation went after that. I think I just... Bit, bit frosty stuck my head in the in the ground and hope for the best <laughs> um, but yeah so I, I don't think I'll have worries about actually shooting I think I'll I need to find all my batteries and memory cards yeah <laughs> things like that right. Um uh, although I've been doing a little bit in the studio now so I've got I've dug out a couple of them but um uh, yeah I think but you've been
0: taking photos out and about I mean I've, I've been doing yeah. pl- plenty of pictures on my walks and I don't I don't feel I think I think it'd be like riding a bike
1: yeah, right back in. That's what I was gonna say. I don't think it'll be an issue. Um I don't I haven't been taking anywhere near as many pictures as you, for sure, because you you know, you do your Friday photo walk stuff. Yeah. But I um I think you know what, I think if there is a problem or if there is a challenge or something I'm gonna kind of keep my my wits about me will be um the settings, camera settings. Again, because traditionally all my cameras are all set up exactly the same. I know yeah. them instinctively. Yeah. Like my muscle memory is, is yeah. reactionary. And o- over you know over this time, a lot of the cameras that I haven't used will have reset themselves. CMOS battery will need recharging. Um, so I'll need to make sure that I've you know I've got my
0: God. How many cameras do you have?
1: Backups? Here? I don't have that many that I've been able to use them all. No, <laughs> well I've got like my X Pro. I haven't used my X Pro threes mm. in. Well, since my last wedding. Oh, um, God, really? You know, if I've been shooting with anything, it's been my X100V and occasionally the GFX in the studio stuff, but that's it. Um, so, yeah, all the settings will have changed. You know, things like making sure that the dual card slots are set to backup because mm. the, the default is continuous, things like that. You know, that's, that's one thing I'll need to yeah. make sure that the dates are synced. Um, how, how long can you leave a camera before you need to do all this? Well, camera. All cameras are the old digital cameras are the same. They have inside them they have a little CMOS battery, yeah. which memorizes things like the date, the time, the settings. So yeah. when you when you change the battery, it has to store that information somewhere, yeah. and that CMOS battery gets its charge from the battery in the camera. Okay, over time, yeah, it's a little bit like a car battery. Yeah. So if you do not charge, or if you keep a dead camera, a dead battery in a camera for I don't know, it depends on the camera, it varies by camera, but. The GFX, usually about three or four weeks. Oh, not long. Oh, no, no, no. X-Series, maybe you would probably get, I don't know, four, five, six weeks out of it. And but then, if you turn
0: your camera on and the date is correct and the time is correct, that means the CMOS has done its job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you Sometimes you see, you know, people like switch a camera on for the first time in a long time and then it says, you know, you've got to reset. Yeah. Everything's reset to, to the original. Um, and that's purely because the CMOS cameras not being the CMOS battery hasn't been charged. Um, yeah, that's my main worry.
0: I've heard photographers say that they're uh, that, that they're a little bit concerned about how they'll be around people. <laughs> how do you feel about that?
1: I'm just going to lick them all.
0: <laughs> oh, Kev, you can't do that. You've not had your injection yet. The moment <laughs> you've had your injection, then you can lick the handrails at Reading Station, <laughs> uh, or even you can even do that in in, in Swindon Station. You'll be all right. But no, and seriously, um, I I have thought a little bit about this. I've thought, you know, going back in again, um, I haven't done a wedding since, would have been December. And that was a really small one. Mm. The last large-ish one, wasn't really large then because we still had, uh, last June, didn't we still have some sort of rule on the
1: amount of numbers? We did, wasn't yeah. it?
0: 30 or something was the most. Yeah, I think, I think it was thirty.
1: I think I think it was fifteen, but some people floated the rules. Mm, I think it might well, have been thirty, but anyway, I'm sure there was. But even then, uh, there, I, that would have been the largest. So I'd have to go
0: right back to February 2020, mm. and actually, the Swiss one we did probably mm. was the la- the last big
1: wedding. Yeah, I had one more after that that managed to squeak in by yeah. the seat of its pants, and then I also did one. Tiny, tiny one, a friend of mine, um, and uh, and that was in between the two, two and three lockdowns, September, October, time I can't remember, but uh, yeah, so yeah, you're it, right, people,
0: it, yeah, it felt mm. more awkward with the with the masks going in, obviously, to the bridal preps, which you have to obviously yeah. observe yeah. the rules and the yeah. law, and that that feels all a bit weird um, when you're when you're dealing with clients. I still haven't got got used to, not that I've done a lot of client work, but I still haven't gotten used to that. In the times that I have done it. Yeah. Just, you know, that they're the, I suppose the COVID concerns would be the keeping to the rules, observing the rules, making sure people feel comfortable. That's the only thing I feel uncomfortable about.
1: Yeah, of course. But, uh, you know, as as things are going in this country, at least, 21st of June, there will be no rules. Mm. So they say. uh, And that's when I'm going to start licking people (laughs) in the street.
0: (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to do something about you. Now, as you know, I'm a vaccinator. So I've, I've got some here.
1: You're gonna jab me. Barely Jab, jab, jab. You wouldn't trust me to do that, would you? <laughs> oh, well, it might be you because I'm booked in. Red Yeah, my you're Madeski,
0: so I could be there for your second one.
1: For my second one.
0: Bring that one my way. I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him to strip off. Bring that massive needle. <laughs> yeah, they do have different size needles for different arms, you know. Do they? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Extra size of kev. <laughs> no, no. You're, you've you've done well. It's me that's uh, become. A little bit larger during these times. Um, We should probably um, hear from this week's guest. Actually, it's more a series of thoughts today uh, than a guest, although Dan Milner is still a guest, as we start to talk more about self-publishing ahead of our book review, which is a self-published project, which Kev will talk more about in a moment. Today, Dan, the Blurb creative evangelist. Fujifilm have ex-photographers, Blurb have a creative evangelist. As we ask you the question, do you have a self-publishing project you've produced or self-publishing projects that you're uh, you're working on? Because we'd be interested to hear about them. And we thought it would be a good idea to hear from a man whose job it is to say, forget about the ones and zeros, bring it alive in print. He also has a, a few thoughts about social media. Never uh, shy on retiring is Dan, which may also start a conversation. I talked with Dan nearly a a year ago on Photography Daily, but uh, with this subject today, we thought it was time to do a remix of thoughts to begin the conversation on self-publishing. I started out by asking Dan if he's always been a committed books and print man.
2: Oh, yeah. I uh, I was a, a believer in print from going back to basically the late 80s when I you know processed my first roll of film, made prints in the darkroom. I think that's a pretty common story with photographers watching an image come up in the developer, and you're like, okay, this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, but the, the reason I turned to, to print sort of what I would call modern style printing was making a trip to New York in the early 90s, so basically my first trip to New York as a photographer, where I went to meet editors, agents, art buyers, anybody that would talk to me. Uh, and, it, and I had another photographer who was much better than me, who was, had been in the industry for a long time, he made the connections for me. And so I made this trip to New York, I was clueless, I had a terrible portfolio. But I realized leaving that that trip that I needed and wanted to make my own publications because I just felt it was the best way to deliver the kind of work that I was trying to deliver. I was working in essay form. I was telling stories with cameras, with with images, and not shooting singles. And I thought, you know, I kind of need my own magazine. And that's what got me started. And the benefit from doing so, from creating the first magazine, was so overwhelmingly positive And just crazy stuff happened in in comparison to what would happen today. Just one example. I did this. I had enough money to make 10 copies of my first magazine, which was in 1995. And I I basically mailed them out in the snail mail to about 10 different people that I really wanted to work for, but I, I thought they would never hire me. And one of them was the National Geographic. And I remember that the photo editor at the time was a guy named Kent Koberstein. And he wrote me a handwritten full page letter about my portfolio that, I, that he, they shipped back to me. And it was kind of worn out, which was a good sign to me that more than one person had looked at it. Mm. And this handwritten letter saying, we've never seen anything like this. How did you make this? You know, this is a great project. And then gave me some like tips about photography that you don't need to travel. You can do work in your own backyard, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Susan Mizellis from Magnum was another person that I mailed one to. She wrote me a letter and sent it back. And I've encountered her a few times over the years. I have a ton of respect for her. But I realized that at the high levels of photography, even still today, print is considered in a very different way. And it just makes you better. It makes you think about your work in different ways. And so when Blurb came along, it was the perfect fit. It Mm. just was something I immediately tucked under my sort of umbrella of my business and just began to use it in every single way possible. And uh, I still feel that same same way almost 11 years later.
0: It's it's so warming to hear somebody talking in an analog fashion. I'm talking about you writing here. Um, And in your in your biog, um, the words non believer in social media scream out fairly sharply, Dan is is it is it possible to have such an adverse reaction to platforms like Facebook or Instagram i mean I know you feel that they've damaged the way we interact but you could argue particularly at times like this they've they've shown better colors
2: uh, you know yeah I, I am not I am not a fan of these networks I've done a, a fairly extensive amount of, of research in addition to the all of the public knowledge that we know. Uh, but, I, you know, the thing about social that really got, got the ball rolling for me in terms of moving away from it as fast as possible was not, not, not only the idea that what these parent companies are doing and what they've already done and what they're responsible for, the just destructiveness was, in addition to that, I saw what it was doing to me. I felt what it was doing to me and I didn't like it at all. And so I six years ago I deleted all, all my networks except yeah. for Twitter because at the time blurb had asked me to keep Twitter and I said I don't want to be a jerk if they want me to keep Twitter, not a problem. But that was six years ago and you know Twitter was at a different I guess a different uh, level of importance at the time and not that it's still you know people aren't still using it but now of course Facebook and IG have taken over like crazy. but you know I, there's a flip side to that um if you're seeing the positivity in the in the current zone because there's something i've been sort of mulling over based on a couple of things that have happened this week which is the highest trafficked post on facebook this week is a propaganda film called plandemic that was viewed by something like 22 million people in the united states right and my question is and those people many of those people are on instagram is how many cases of COVID are based on the pressures of social media, of people seeing a propaganda film, not understanding its propaganda, and saying, okay, I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to social distance. I'm not going to stay at home. I'm going to a party because I'm watching influencers on Instagram who are not in quarantine, who are Mm -hmm. not wearing masks, Mm -hmm. who are out and doing stuff. And I had a conversation with someone two days ago that said to me, I know I'm supposed to be at home, but I'm looking at, at Instagram influencers on the beach, and I'm at the same time I'm getting ads for cheap airfare to beach destinations, and it's really hard for me to stay at home because I feel like I'm missing out. That these, if these influencers are out there, then why aren't I? Yeah, and I fair. think, again, you know, to me, it's like I watched Instagram destroy what I kind of saw, and Facebook was what got it started, mm. but IG was probably the most perfect weapon I've ever seen. I saw what it did to professional photographers, their work, their mindset. And I mean, the stories I have heard from photographers about basically what I would call Instagram addiction is just people think I'm making it up. And it's, um, you know, it's a legitimate dopamine cortisol, you know, injection, we know, we know, the science behind the networks. We know, they were built to exploit human vulnerability. And so all, all I can tell you is that, when I, when I quit the networks, I physically detoxed for multiple weeks, physically detoxed. And then once I came out of the detox, I turned around and looked sort of back at my life on social media and I said, I will never ever do that again. And, I, and I'm so much happier and just more productive, more focused. Uh, and the work I'm producing is better than it was before.
0: Dan Milner, who first appeared in the Photography Daily show nearly a year ago, talking about all manner of stuff, but with our newfound interest on the Fujicast, on your self-publishing projects, uh, which we're going to talk about in the next 10 minutes or so, we thought he'd be a a perfect uh, character to start the ball rolling. As we head, well, in the Northern Hemisphere anyway, into the summer months, we're going to start a summer of love with Fujifilm brand ambassadors to the ex-photographers as we find out in a series of chats what makes them tick and how they became involved with Fujifilm. Uh, Kevin, I will be talking to some of those behind the lens this week after you have finished here. Join me at Photography Daily for two cracking stories. Uh, Roth Smith is my Monday guest today, a national geophotographer and features writer who has had to curtail his travels for the last year, but has found there's a project on his doorstep it just involves him being up with the sparrows and out on his bike in all weathers
1: i had really wanted to get this stretch of lane
2: with some huge old oaks in heavy frost yeah. and there was a morning when it was about five, minus five and i rode by starlight about an hour and a quarter hour and a half to get to
0: this place Rolf talks more about what he photographs how he photographs and why we should think about what's around us being story worthy he's also been featured by the new york times who are fascinated about this quiet photo story then wednesday we're heading into jail with robert gumpert an american photojournalist who for 13 years managed to get permission to photograph and audio record inmates who saw robert's in the end as a, a safe pair of hands with their stories hundreds of them we're going to talk about his picture making his portrait taking how he even got this project off the ground, but we're also going to listen to those he made portraits of. And just to be a tad highbrow for a moment, it was Dostoevsky who said a society should be judged not by how it treats its outstanding citizens, but how it treats its criminals. And here's one of Robert's photo portrait subjects. Dwayne Barrow on exactly that. It's about the way you treat us while we're here. It's not about what we're here for or how long we're going to be. It's dehumanizing.
1: My brother comes to visit me like once. He only came to see me once but that's how I find out the news and he's trying to get married this month and I'm going to miss it probably. I wish I was outside. All my people and all the things that I hold dear are outside.
0: And for patrons of the show uh, Tuesday's edition Uh, We're going to be looking at uh, making sound recordings to do what Robert has done with your own stories, all about sound, prior to the interview which airs Wednesday. Photography Daily is uh, on all podcast player apps and online at photographydaily.show. Right, back to your questions. Kev's going first from the
1: Facebook group. This is from Sue Sawyer. Mm. Uh, This is quite a, a while ago she posted this, but actually it's still relevant she says hello boys that sounded very welsh well, maybe she's from wales too oh. this is the way you said it hello boys hello boys yeah. um i desperately tried to think of something to say to that but i can't <laughs> so i'm just going to crack on i i see fujifilm have a new lens released next month the 70 to 300 oh yes with lots of letters after its mm. name mm. uh do i need it question mark i have the lesser 55 to 200 which i love but should i upgrade have you had a sneak peek I can't think of a, I can think of a few reasons why I should get it tonight, bearing in mind this was seven weeks ago. There there's a full moon shooting it with the current kit lens oh, is yes. hopeless. Yeah. Sometimes I just want a little bit more
0: reach. I think you've just taught yourself into it. I love it when a new a new lens comes out and immediately gas hits. You say, Do I need it? Just talk me into it, would you, Kev?
1: Yeah. I love to shoot coastal storms oh, or weather ceiling would be beautiful. an advantage. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Coastal yeah, yeah. storms. That sounds ace, doesn't it? It does. Um, I mean, people that make their living doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't sadly we don't get I like I don't one of the the things I hate about the UK. You is, do in West Wales. There's a yeah, lot of coastal storms. Yeah, but they're not. Like, I mean, like UK for weather is not it's a little bit damp and drizzly most of the time. Yeah. Yes, you're right on the extremes. But um you know, I, I feel like when I'm old enough, mm. when I've grown up and paid off my bounce-back loan, I'm going to move to, like, the Outer Hebrides or Shetland Isles or somewhere like that. I'd, I'd like to live on a rock.
0: I could see you in a little hut. With yeah. That, with that jumper, actually, funny. Enough. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: With your fluffy thing. Yeah. My mate Gareth, we call him the Pink Flash because he whizzes by on his bike dressed in pink mates. lycra. All your mates have nicknames. The Pink Flash. He came. He stopped his bike the other day, put right. his brakes on, squealed up the high street. Yeah. He said, Oh Mullins, you look like a teddy bear. Take that off. And then whizzed off on his on his bike again. He's a little bit teddy bearish. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, lovable
0: mullins. Cuddly mudlins. M- cuddly mudlins. Cuddly, cuddly, cuddly mudlins. mullins. Right, we better answer Sue's question. Yeah. Well yeah, I I I think that reach um I often thought actually. The most reach I've ever had was fifty-six because I got rid of my uh, fifty to one forty, thinking I'd never use it. And then instantly, I needed it and had to borrow yours.
1: Yes, I still I have that, and I only keep that really for and um, the occasions I do sports photography. Yeah, you never take it to a wedding.
0: No, 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 no. Fifty-six no, no, no. is the only thing I, I took to a wedding. Yeah, at the longest end.
1: Yeah, me too. Although I am, I'm still relatively interested in that ninety mil. Mm. Um, but I don't really have a need for it. I'm going to get the 18mm 1.4 before I think about anything else. Yeah. Um, but the 70 to 300 is—I'm uh, just looking at it now. I, no, I've not seen it, not touched it. Um, looks like a fairly standard Fujifilm lens, premium ones. So those those lovely letters. I love the way camera manufacturers and all of them make up the most sexy names for their lenses. This is the XF seventy to three hundred millimeter four to five point six R
0: LM What do all those letters mean? Uh, we've got image um, stabilization there. Linear motor. Linear motor.
1: Yeah. Uh, R is like the um, kind of premium, if you like. OBE it won something. Um. <laughs> OBE <laughs> MFI FBI. Um, so it's weather resistant it's uh will be one of the because it's with the new lens motors the yeah. linear motor it will be very fast yes uh says here it's got 5.5 stops of optical image stabilization so that will be that will be useful certainly yeah. for uh you know the lunar stuff and and uh, the storms um when you found one will it when when we find one will it be better than the 50 um to, don't one, know. to 140 50 to 140 pass don't know well, well, um, depends what you the, need really what's the
0: cost difference in this do you,
1: do you know Seventy to three hundred is is still on back order at the minute. By the looks of it, I'm looking at MPB now, uh, seven hundred and twenty nine pounds, um, right. which will be about one hundred and fifty US dollars. <laughs> um, okay, it's getting less each week. Uh, yeah, that's because of our current. That's because <laughs> of our our currency rate is is in the. In it's the, all
0: right. We're doing deals with the world, aren't we, the,
1: Boris? Uh, no. Uh, right. Okay. So um, I'm looking for the 50 to 140. Is ooh, it's quite a substantial difference here. 1,295 yeah, see, pounds. Uh, 10 US dollars. This <laughs> this is the deal breaker, though, isn't it? <laughs> it really is.
0: Who's trying to get hold of you? Is oh. it is that your mum again?
1: <laughs> it's probably the pink flash. But
0: <laughs> it is. Oi, Mullins. Um, but you're you're right. Um, There is a big difference there, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is a big difference. Wow. Um, But then, you know, the 50 to 140 has only got five letters after its name, (laughs) whereas the 70 to 300 has got one. It's all about the letters. Eight letters letters after its name. What are you going to pick? (laughs) That's the thing. I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, I... Uh, f4 to 5.6 compared to f2.8 it's the light
0: you're losing isn't it really that's that that's what you're paying your money for so
1: Um. the 50 to 140 is a 2.8 fixed what's the difference
0: difference in size Are they they're, they're very different aren't they
1: i'm just looking at the what's in the box section Shuddering. It would say so on the box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if only. Oh, hang on. Specifications, specifications. If only you'd not thrown the box away, you'd know. Specifications. Right here we go. Uh Size of the uh fifty to one forty. Oh well, let's just do weight because that's easier. Nine hundred and ninety-five grams. That that's the fifty to one forty. That's fifty to one forty. So best part. Uh, pe- best part for kilo. The seventy to three hundred is seventy to three hundred. Specification is weight. 580 oh yeah it's quite a difference as well oh, size yeah oh, oh. yeah because you know that the the elements in the fixed prime in the fixed in the fixed lens fixed yeah. aperture lens yeah will be heavier and bigger. Mm.
0: Uh, david swales hi kfi Neil. i've been meaning to send a question in for so long but finally got round to doing it today my question is if you could go i like these go back in moments uh, go back in history moment questions um if you could go back to any moment in history and be the assistant for any famous or non-famous photographer as they capture a particular story who would you choose i myself would like to take the risk of being sworn at be the assistant to david bailey for his iconic 62 vogue shoot in new york thank you to both of you to what you do with the show i started listening in february last year from episode one and he definitely got me through the first lockdown Plenty of episodes to listen to during my daily commute as a product photographer. Ah, okay. Many thanks, David Swells. I thought I'd heard of David Swells. I know of David Swells. Of course I do.
1: Um, who would you choose, Kev? I don't know. I'm thinking now. I've got my thinking face on. Um, oh, is that your thinking face? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I thought you needed the loo. <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> Sorry. I. Um, oh,
0: please, David, be so base, Neil.
1: Who? You go first. What I
0: um, well, I'm, I'm going to choose... Um, because my memory is very limited, obviously, um, I'm going to choose somebody who was a guest on last week's Photography Daily. I'm going to choose Al- Albert Watson. Um, I'd like to have been there on the shoot, and we talked about it. Well, there could be one of the two. Actually, it could be the Alfred Hitchcock one with a with a dead goose, mm-hmm. which would have been quite funny. Because apparently um, Hitchcock picked up the goose. Do you know the shot? Are you familiar with the shot? Uh, yes, 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 yeah. Vaguely. H- Hitchcock in a in a, a dinner jacket holding up a goose. Yes, which, which he yep, did yep. for a. Um, uh, what was the magazine he, he did for a um home sort of magazine, yeah, and it was all who knew that he was actually a very very he was a very very good chef, so he was going to do the um for the holiday edition he was going to do how to cook a goose, and that was the comedy really uh, Hitchcock cooks his goose sort yeah, of thing. yeah yeah, and he held up this goose and uh apparently started goosing around with it, if you forgive the term he mm-hmm. he, he made the goose look at him, and he looked at the goose. Um I think I think they were doing voices or something like that. But that would have been a fun shoot to have been on. Or or the one when he had um uh the pictures with Jagger, which I also focused on, where he did the um uh, the morphed shot of Jagger's face into a cat. Yeah. Which was all done as a double exposure. Very clever. Very you know. Yeah. He says he that's... thought he says he thought of that on the fly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I um you know what I think I'm gonna go. I'm going to go to the Jim Marshall picture of Johnny Cash flipping the bird. Ah, oh, there's a good story about that, isn't there? It's relatively interesting, although yeah. it's somewhat disappointing at the same time. Oh, is it? Because the picture is fantastic. Yeah, it is. I love it, and I love, I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. Yeah. Um, but when you first see that picture, and I did for a long time, you, you think, wow, he's caught that on stage, amazing, what yeah. a great picture. Yeah. But actually, it's, it's, not, it's not live, it's during the rehearsals. um, that's okay because it's still oh no it's still an amazing picture but it's It's not it's real he didn't ask him to do it he did oh did he he did he said oh, john tell bit. me tell me what you johnny tell me what you think about uh the prisons because it was at san quentin ah. um it was during while they were doing the san quentin i didn't know that gig. bit
0: right
1: okay so it was pretty much staged but it you know he did not know what johnny cash was going to do he didn't ask so him to
0: flip the bird he didn't say
1: no 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 he didn't yeah well at least i don't think so i think the I, the story is that he said to him right johnny we want to do a picture yeah i want you to demonstrate to me what you think of the prison system service and that's what happened so it's an incredible picture but for years i would look at that picture way before i was a photographer and think wow that was you know that's an incredible picture to get you know on stage and he's gone and stuck his finger up (laughs) but actually now if you look at the actual picture you can see crew members behind kind of fixing drum stalls and things like that um but it's still i would still love to be there because i would love to have been at that concert yeah that concert that concert san quentin yeah when he sang cocaine blues, oh, which is a very naughty song, but uh, all of, all of the um the um prisoners, the inmates the inmates, cocaine. Murder, guns, <laughs> woohoo! Ah,
0: um, yeah, that's where I'd be. How's your country show going, by
1: the way? Uh, well, I've only done one so far. Next one's tomorrow. Oh, uh, oh hang on. Oh, it would have been last week. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, Remember, ten dollars in your money. Yes, that's right. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, it went really well. Thanks very much. <laughs> Actually, the one I just did is is a is a Johnny Cash um, intro based. Yeah, because um, Rob Ward did chastise me for not playing Johnny Cash. All oh, right. So, which Johnny some, Cash did you play? Well, I've got i got a couple of Johnny Cash songs, but I've also got a few. Uh, I've got Alabama Three right. playing. Um, Hello, my name is Johnny Cash. Right? Ah, oh, you linked that very, oh, very cool. clever. Yeah, I like the way you linked it. Um, of course, yeah. You're going to be on Six Music next. I've got a couple of things going on on there, yeah. so I, I'm really excited about it. If right.
0: you haven't heard it yet, Kev's Kev's Country Show is called uh, Country Boy, aren't you? Country Boyo. Country Boyo. Country sorry. Boyo, lad, country, get it right. Boy-o, sorry, Boyo <laughs> is on Thursday afternoons at half past
1: three. Yeah, IncapableStaircase.com. But you can listen back. You can. On iPlayer. <laughs> <You> can <laughs> not quite iPlayer. <laughs> oh, not on iPlayer. You can listen back, yeah. You can listen back to me bumbling and mumbling. But the uh, music's good. The music's good. I think so, anyway. Yeah. If you like foot tapping. Yeah. Right, book time. What have we got? Okay, so um, Crystal Rose Sullivan emailed me a few weeks back, messaged me on Facebook, and yeah. said, uh, I've done a book. Um, <gasps> can I send it to you? And oh, you mentioned that you might mention this. Yeah. And uh, I thought, yeah, of course. So if any of you do our self-publishing and fancy a a shout out, then of course, get in touch with us. Um, This one is called The Year the World Stood Still. And clearly, it's pretty obvious what it's about. Um, And I'll just read the dedication on the front. This book is dedicated to the brave men and women in the NHS and emergency services for all they did during the COVID-19 pandemic. I think you should change that to all they are doing rather than all they did
0: yeah still, uh, sadly. still ongoing
1: this book was only made possible with a lot of understanding and patience from my long suffering wife Nikki and a lot of coaxing and help by some very good friends yeah. okay so uh, we've got a whole load of very different pictures actually um, it's starting kind of uh, sequentially so uh, the very first image for example is a lovely beautiful sunset colour sunset um, puddly puddly lane Um as the sun set on 2019, people the world over uttered those same words, repeated every year. End next year has got to be better than this year.
0: <laughs> there we go. Yeah.
1: And then it, and then the mood is set. Yeah. Um, I think what
0: we could say about that was, yes,
1: definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As 2020 got underway, the cold, grey days of January offered little in the way of photography. Yeah. Um, another beautiful long exposure cloud um, kind of uh, image of the across the river. Also, at that stage, he was taking pictures. He he didn't really know what was around the corner. He was just doing what he does. Absolutely, yeah. And then we we kind of move forward to page 13 is where we first start seeing the coronavirus um, kind of uh, references. The rumours gave way to reluctant facts on the 11th of March. The WHO announced COVID was officially a pandemic. The jokes turned into conspiracy theories, and the laughter at the jokes about Chinese goods not lasting very long became strained. All of a sudden, it was here, there, and everywhere. Mm. And amid cries of, it's only the flu, uh, uh, and, oh, s*** <laughs> off. <laughs> what was that? Uh, uh, just, a l- picture? <laughs> so that picture <laughs> is actually the, the the now infamous coronavirus stay-at-home, save oh, lives. Oh, yes, yeah, Um yeah. And then there's there's a whole load of, uh, you know, pictures of his local town in in lockdown and the silence of it. Um, there's some really nice kind of pic- interesting pictures of people speaking to each other through um, car windows and, you know, social distancing and the etiquette that is involved with that. Plenty of pictures of people, you know, looking, chatting through windows, yeah. uh, generally the older people. Uh, page 28 is that. This is the thing I'll always remember about COVID, I think, washing your hands. Oh, God, yeah. Um, page 28's picture. Within of, an inch of their lives. Yeah, somebody yeah. washing their hands. Um, washing your hands up teen times a day, he says, while well, singing Happy Birthday was advised. Yeah. Do you remember that? Happy Birthday.
0: I do remember at the time thinking, please, the, the world is looking at our way of dealing with COVID as singing Happy Birthday. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then, you know, there's a whole lot more of this, really. It's... It's a really nice um, memory um, in terms of the local world that Christopher is in. But also I feel like this is one of those books that you know you'll pick up it'll be a you know on a coffee table or whatever and hopefully in the not too very distant future it will be like oh yeah do you remember that yeah. well hopefully you'll never look at it and feel a sense of melancholy <laughs> um no absolutely and there's uh, there's the ve Day pictures as well you know do you remember that time oh, when? yeah 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 of VE... course that whole
0: period yeah of course
1: when, when ve day came and yeah. everybody ignored all the rules yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah, and then it's it's really beautiful, actually. A lot of really nice black and whites. Um, is that the Christmas steps in Bristol? I'm not sure. Um, the Old Bullring Tavern. There we go. So the final picture is another beautiful, beautiful sunset on page 82. Yeah. Um, really nice, really nice. Now, I don't know. So, Christopher, you'll, you'll have to – I have no idea if this is available, if you will be signing I was going to say, whatever. who's it published through? It's self-published. So, Chris, I'm going to leave it to you, Christopher, to either message me and we'll put it on the show notes. Yeah. Uh, or feel free to pop it in the Facebook group yeah. once this episode is released, yeah. and you can tell everybody where they can get it if they can get it.
0: Nice idea, and I, I think yeah, if, if you're self-publishing, you're doing so a project, then uh, do let us know about it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be power to the self-publishers. Absolutely. Helen Fennell has uh, written in this not so much a question, but uh, something to look at really, which we'll share the link for. Um, hi, Kev. Hi, Neil. As always, thanks for the brilliant work on the podcast. Um, I wanted to share with you a three sixty five project I followed you in twenty eighteen. It's uh, by a chap called Malcolm Smith. It's a whole story about Stormy, the Lego Stormtrooper, and his friends. I often look at the, the, the Lego figures that we have and think, oh, I'm sure I could do something with that. But it, it seems to have been done. But um, there were there were sets built of Lego and shot, shoots on location. Story spanned the whole year. It's extremely funny. Very, very clever. Look out for Bert the dog. Let me click onto it so you can see it. This is uh, Stormy the Stormtrooper. Uh, 2018. There he is. <laughs> it's lovely. I think what what.
1: Uh, Super little idea. Yeah, it is. It's is, it is amazing. The creativity of people is is great. There was that guy in your uh, on the Photography Daily who did the miniature. Yeah, Roy, Roy, well. Roy. Yeah, Roy's people. I was looking at his pictures. And I was thinking. Bloody hell, that is... Yeah, completely s- self-trained. Insanely brilliant. Came
0: out of... Uh, I mean, it's an idea. I mean, he's, he's created works of art that are now in the Saatchi Gallery.
1: Yeah. <laughs> For heaven's sakes. But this is great. You know, the Lego... Yeah. So, and, of course, Lego... Uh, Lego, those <laughs> horrible little things you stand on and you scream your head off. Um, but actually... they <laughs> left that there? They're, they're, it's an amazing... Uh, th- you know kids all over the world you know love lego don't well, they? Yeah, but yeah you don't
0: you don't have to look too far to find people that have made um great photography sites about little lego people and, and you know <laughs> getting enveloped
1: in their world i love that stop. stops that one i love the one there with him number forty nine uh oh, these We're are signed. You can get these signed prints, by the looks of it. Well, the the Nirvana. Prince, that, yeah. He sat there. The stormtrooper sat. He's got his helmet off. He yeah. sat there with his guitar, his Nirvana poster, and he's watching the. Um, Where's the balls on the telly? <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Brilliant. Where's Bert the dog? We've got to find Bert, Bert the, the dog.
0: dog. Let's look for Bert the dog.
1: There's a whole year of this, Kev. Ah, oh, there's Chewbacca. Where's Chewbacca? Uh,
0: That's a very good impression, Kev. Yeah. Uh, That's better than Gemma's impression. <laughs> See, I'm not doing the uh, the growling anymore. Gemma's now turned into an ethereal spirit. Yeah. Um, I can't there. find Bert the dog. Mm. No, there's a Jawa. There's a Jawa.
1: Um, we'll put the link up for you so you can go have a look. Uh, look at them holding hands. He got a cr- he's got his leg in a crutch. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. Because there's, there's four there's four pages of it. Yeah. There's loads it. of it. I love
0: it. A whole year. So this was at three six five. Every day he
1: had to build um a set
0: because it looks like mini sets that he's built he must have had a lot of fun doing this
1: bb-8 and uh the BB-8? it's titled bb-8 and the stormtrooper that's so the robot is bb-8 kicking around oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's clever so very, he, very here clever. and though he
0: does bring in a few extra characters lego characters it must have been impossible to think of just stormtroopers the whole year yeah. but uh yeah they're great really good really inventive
1: lovely idea see yeah. that's the kind of thing we should get our kids to do
0: yes you know that's brilliant there's a, a guy also worth looking up called Slinkachu. Have you heard of Slinkachu? I don't um, think so. So Slinkachu is a little bit like Roy's people. I think Slinky might have been there
1: first. Oh yes, I have seen these. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and his photographs, um, they are all installations. Yeah. So he a, a bit a bit like Roy of Roy's people who takes um, small double figures mm-hmm. for railways and uh, paints them cuts them up, does different things with their arms and stuff like that, then puts them in situ, takes a photograph of them, makes an installation of them, yeah. and, and then takes it away again. Slinkertew actually leaves all his installations out on the street. Yeah. So you'd be wandering around and you'd think, there's oh, some small little people there and a, a scene that's been created that has been photographed. Love that one with the butterfly.
1: As, yeah, as, as, I, as a, um, I have seen these, actually. I've seen them the other day on yeah. Facebook. They are incredible. Yeah, Absolutely incredible. Yeah really really good. So Slinkachu, we'll leave a slinkachu.com. Where can we can we do you think we can buy buy talent like that off Amazon? Yeah, I think
0: something? so. I think it's widely available. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, I like his uh, strap line. Slinkachu abandoning miniatures since 2006 because that's what he does. He goes out, makes this set, photographs it, that becomes the art that he sells. Yeah. And uh, and he, he leaves it there for somebody else to find, which is wonderful. Right, your question.
1: Very clever. Very, very, very clever. Uh,
0: Thanks, Helen, for bringing that one to our attention as well.
1: Okay, Wayne Goodman. um, Apologies if it's been asked before, but thoughts on websites in 2021 mm. in a world where social media seems to be king and Instagram is one of the main go-to places, do you see a website as essential mm. or just beneficial these days? We have spoken about this. Well, about it's essential, a few isn't it? Times, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. I think yeah. we always come to the same conclusion. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, let me ask a couple of questions. Though. I think they think go hand in hand with this. Are blogs as essential as they once were, or is it just SEO Google juice? Uh, do people actually read
1: blogs? Yeah, I think they do. Do they? Yeah, I think they do. The blog is not dead, then. No, I think the the written word is still something that people like to, to see, and obviously new work and everything. So, yeah, I think it's essential. Uh, yeah, people do things different ways these days. But, mm. uh, you know, if anybody finds your work on Instagram, they're still going to hunt down your website to look at more work. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody will book you from just by Instagram. Not for, I'm thinking weddings here, maybe commercial and stuff, slightly different. But, yeah, a uh, well, uh, website for me, definitely essential. Mm. Absolutely. It's like having a shop without a shop window otherwise. And, and what, what's the – I mean, I know you, you spend
0: quite a lot of time mentoring people on this, so don't give all your secrets away. But but when it comes to um, designing a website, and in particular now – and both of us have, uh, have leapt across to uh, using Squarespace mm. – um, are they as wordy as they ever were when you were making WordPress ones? Do you have to have lots of boxes and things that link
1: together, or or can they be cleaner these days? Or well, the principles are, are the same and always have been the same. Really easy to navigate and and gives the information that people need. Yeah, anything that's over and above that will be seen as spam. So you know a lot of re- repetitive stuff. Uh, you know it's that's it. But now this month or May, the um, core web vitals updates will be coming from Google. And they're going to be penalizing sites that are complicated to use, that are over-optimized, that are um, that have too many moving hearts on them so you know all those newspaper websites you know i don't know if you've got like a Newbury echo or something yeah Newbury weekly news you go to the website and the Mm -hmm. first thing that happens is it throws a a volvo advert at you that disappears into the corner then it asks you to answer six questions before you can read the article and then you scroll down and then it tries to sell you pills and then at the bottom it says people of exactly your age need to read this article um, all of that will—they'll all get massively penalized when the um, Core Web Vital stuff comes. Yeah. So yeah, clean, simple, answer questions. Uh, you know, that's it, basically. So these days, just having yourself on Insta or uh, or Facebook is not enough. Well, I, I do think it depends a little bit on what you're doing because if you're, you know, if you're super famous, mm. then it will be enough. But if you're not, I th- still think it's it's really important and be easily searchable. Yeah, yeah, findable. Yeah, them. Yeah, I think awesome. you need uh, Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, sorry, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> Facebook can f- off. <laughs> uh, Instagram and websites, I think, are the important things. They're the two. They're the two. Like uh, that are important. Yeah, yeah. In my mind,
0: um, here's um, a comment. Again, or mine seem to be comments at the moment, but it's nice because they make conversation points. From Elliot Thomas. Um, hi, Neil. Hi, Kev. First time writer into the show. Hello, Elliot. Nice to nice to meet you. I just wanted to send you a message to say I really appreciate the work you both do on the podcast. And with everything that's going on at the moment, I almost read that as your banal banter. But I don't know why I put a word in there. Your banter really brings a smile to my face. With the prospect of another year like last, I've struggled with my mental health and fine photography really helps me. It's something I've talked a lot about photography daily. And we've mentioned it, of course on fujicast i do think um i had a bit of a wobble uh last weekend kev will tell you this and what kev does when he doesn't want me when he when he's got a bit fed up of me he just doesn't <laughs> respond to a message and i know that that's my cue to say this off Neil.
1: Um, <laughs> no, I sometimes go to bed. You go because you, you message me at like 11 p.m. and I might just be going to bed.
0: What do you mean you don't stay up to like one in the morning watching
1: Wait. in the line of duty like we do? <laughs> That's very good at the moment, though, isn't it? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Well, we've gone right back to the start again, and we're sort of watching. Uh, we're, we're rerunning to fill in some of the gaps of the storylines. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I I I'm had a bit of a wobble. I went for a, a I went to go out uh, two Saturdays ago. Um, to, um, to take a walk, to, to, make, to make a story, actually, for Cargay Collective. And on my way there on the radio, I, I heard the news about the new uh, double, double mutant. Yeah. Um, or double mutation, whatever it's called. And I, felt, I found myself going down into, I don't know, I just descended very rapidly down into a deep, deep, dark hole, thinking, God, here we go again. It's endless. Um and I did find I went out I I almost drove home I almost turned around. I thought I can't be can't be bothered with this today don't mm. want to, I don't want to make any pictures I'll just come home and be grumpy for the day but I did I went out with the camera I walked the towpath I did about 2 3 miles and uh by the end of it it was like hmm really important isn't it photography yeah. during this this period for people
1: yeah I think so um you know I, I uh, I find it, I find, uh, even though I've done uh, absolutely zero of it, no. of any ele- element, I think it is very cathartic. Yeah. Um. You know, and you can just walk and shoot and, you know, generally it will, it, it kind of uh, associates itself with, with going out by yourself and just taking time out and that's important, isn't it, mm. if you can take time out. Do you, uh, do you find that when you're shooting weddings that you're, I, I find that my, it is, it is
0: a, a time where I, Far from being panicked or worried or running around like a headless chicken, um, I, I find that time my heart my heart rate I think goes right down and my blood pressure certainly comes right down. Ooh, I feel very much in the zone
1: at uh, weddings. I, I've got a new um, I got a new watch.
0: Oh, I couldn't have one of those
1: things to uh, tell me what my heart's doing. And it's a Huawei, My Fitbit just gave up the ghost battery life was right. like four hours. Well, it looks very nice. It is very good. And battery life is Huge. about 12 days.
0: Blimey, what is, you could cook a dinner in that.
1: It's brilliant. It's, like it's got music big, on it. Every like a microwave it, on your arm. It, it, I'm very happy with it. Yeah. But it does do the stress level stuff.
0: Oh, no, couldn't have that.
1: And, and I, but I didn't think, I thought, because the Fitbit did that <laughs> as well. And I just thought, no, that's... Nonsense. The, how does, it's nonsense, absolute nonsense. However, yeah. I looked back at my my stress analysis. Mm-hmm. No word of a lie, absolutely true as I'm sat here at 3.25 p.m. last Thursday. But you can even identify the time. Yeah, it does oh. it by five minutes. Oh, my, my stress level, according to this, was at 98. It only goes up to 100. <laughs> and that, that was like the last five minutes before, as the condemned man, before I pressed... To go live on the uh, on the internet on oh, the internet radio, and I wow, uh, you know, and you could have heard my heartbeat in Sirencester, I'm sure of it, and my phone was like, yeah, he's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> is I tell you what, when you do live
0: radio, it is the most nerve wracking thing. And there's only about six people listen
1: to this. I don't but know how no, you did matter. it on the internet, on uh, the international stuff.
0: I, I, well, I, it doesn't. It doesn't matter at all because you're always told. Producers always used to say to you, "You, you know, you're only ever broadcasting to one person. So you're only ever thinking about one person in the room. So it doesn't matter. One person, twelve people, eight million people. I, I yeah." terrifying <laughs> you'll be all right. you'll get used to it it becomes a bit like a it, it becomes very addictive you know doing live radio yeah very
1: addictive I am enjoying it
0: yeah right that's it for this week if you have liked to air this or any of the week's shows thank you if you can leave if you feel it's relevant uh, a nice review um, on your podcast player app that would be fantastic if you, if you can share the episode on Twitter or Facebook you are you are a star um, see you in the Facebook group for any questions you have about today's show play nice of course because Steve and Pete they're still around they'll have a word with you if you start misbehaving yourself um no uh drop the mic pics maybe if, if you can remember please to, uh, to give a little bit of context to your pictures that would be fantastic send your questions now questions wise uh we were talking about this just before we uh we hit the big red button today um, that um, Really, we uh, you know be, be as inventive as you can. As we head into another season, where myself and Kev are in the studio uh, together again, nice inventive questions. A bit left field would be fantastic. Um, send them into the to the Facebook page. Um, you still you're keeping the Facebook sorry, yep. going with that.
1: Aren't you? Yep, 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 yep. yep. yep.
0: Uh, or you can write in in the old fangled way. Click at Fujicast.co. music from blue wednesday supporting music from the incredible artlist.io and we will see you next week bye 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 -bye. the fujicast is an independent loading zone production email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk email any complaints
2: and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way